Hi, this is Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher and life coach. I'm also author of several self-help books. I'm with a good friend of mine, Mary Cariotis, who is president and CEO of Merrimack Capital, a woman-owned enterprise, and she has over 30 years of success in equipment leasing, asset resale, and consulting. She also graduated from the University of California in Berkeley, and I'd just like to learn about her story in life because it's really interesting. She's a very humble person, and I just love who she is. So thank you, Mary, for coming on. Well, thank you, Mary Kay, for having me. It's a pleasure and an honor. Well, I wanted to start with your company idea. Did you grow up always knowing you wanted to be an entrepreneur and running a company? Absolutely not. But as I reflect when you ask that question, I realized I've always had an extremely dedicated work ethic since a very young age. I started scrubbing my neighbor's mildew off of their showers when I was 11. I really have worked since that point in time, always having jobs and being motivated to work. And I think in terms of be, becoming an entrepreneur and running my own business, that just evolved as a byproduct of having a very strong work ethic. So as a young girl, did your parents say, you've got to work now, or did you just think of ways to make money? I'm not sure what motivated me. It might've been the example of that my mother set. I grew up in an extremely affluent neighborhood, Atherton, California, for those of you that might know who it is, which is probably one of the most affluent neighborhoods in the country. But we were the house where our electricity would get turned off and our phones would be turned off for a couple of days because my mom became a single parent and was raising and paying four or five kids. My dad did not continue to be a financial contributor. So with that, she definitely led by example. I wasn't told to work. I think it was the example that was shown to me. And my siblings all had very strong work ethics also. Well, that tells me a lot because you obviously saw how valuable it was to be financially independent. I was always motivated to make money, but not for the reason that you would think. My mom ended up having, just by nature of being able to secure a home in Atherton with the appreciation. So there was value, not like what the real estate market has done today since the dot-com boom, which happened in the 80s and where we are today in the tech world. But with that, I knew that there was not a tremendous amount of resources to be shared between myself and my three brothers and my sister. And I never wanted to fight with my siblings over dividing my mom's assets. And so that was really one of my main motivating factors for working hard and making money, which is interesting that that was what kind of drove me. Yeah, that's interesting. You obviously have a lot of grit. And I think that's one of the number one traits for a lot of the entrepreneurs I interview. Do you think that grit can be developed or do you think people are just born with it? You either have it or you don't. I think it's definitely something that can be developed, but it has to be something that somebody wants. For instance, I never, ever even envisioned running my own company, starting subsequent subsidiaries, which we've done, which are outside of the U.S. I, I never envisioned that. Out of college, I really wanted to be in sales because that was the most lucrative path for me. I really wanted to be a doctor, but recognized at an early age, I didn't have the aptitude for that. And <laughs> I, I know, wish, I faint but... <laughs> at the sight of a needle, so... <laughs> Well, I think I got a D in biology and it was on probation my first quarter of college. So it was a combo of reasons why, but maybe it was just the wrong time in the wrong place. And maybe that's something I could have done 
by applying myself, but didn't have the skills to do so at the time. I was looking for something that where I could exceed. And I think what's really important for all these young people is to set their goals, but to be very ambitious, but also to set realistic goals. And you have to stay in your own lane because if you try to do things you're not equipped or capable of doing, you're going to fail. And then it, it's it's frustrating. Well, so with the company, how did you start it? I was in the business and I was the top salesman for a couple well-known household name financial leasing companies, General Electric, as well as Chrysler Systems at the time. Mm -hmm. And I met Mac Skiing, which was one of my passions, who then became my husband. And we traveled to New Zealand and the barrier to entry in the business was very low. You could buy a a large computer mainframe for let's say 300,000 and then you could sell it for 400,000 digital equipment at the time was the manufacturer that competed against IBM they would maintain that $400,000 asset just like it was brand new same maintenance but they wouldn't discount a new one to 400,000 so the buy sell market the barrier to entry was very welcoming and so in describing what I did for a living to Mac at the time he's the one that had the idea of starting the business. And so with that, he started a buy-sell asset resale company, Merrimack, that I continued to work in the leasing industry and supported our lifestyle because we got married during that time. And then when it was financially stable enough, I came over and started the equipment leasing. And so from there, we brought in independent contractors. They were people that I had worked with at Chrysler and at GE, they came to work with us and we set up an infrastructure that was really successful until about 2008 when the crash happened. Mm -hmm. And at that time, he more or less stepped out of the business because he was really supporting our children succeeding and being on the US ski team and traveling with them. And I had to restart the business from scratch. Mm -hmm. And so even though I had a lot of entrepreneurial spirit by being an account development person, you have an account development person that's very accomplished at that one specific skill now running a company. So I always say we're successful in spite of ourselves because we have such abundant sales relative to our competition and on a annual basis bring in 10 to 12 Fortune 500 customers where our competitors with sales forces of 10 and 12 don't even do that. And But with that, getting an infrastructure, because that isn't really my strength in terms of running all the administrative aspects of the business. So why do you think they would rather work with you than the competitors? What do you think you bring to the table that others don't? That is an interesting question that I don't quite know how to answer. I'm very fortunate that I have the skill to to bring on the household type name customers by really working them. Now I have a support team that helps me and I don't know why. I'm, I think they trust it, you. Probably that's, I think that definitely is, that would be high on the list. I because think. I and, was in sales and I always felt they came back because they trust you. But that's just another theory. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think trust and integrity and honesty, Right. that trumps everything. If you don't have your integrity, you don't have anything. Right. I agree. Because they just won't come back. You just have to burn someone once and you've lost them. So right. what do you look for in employees? Not necessarily if you're hiring them, but just employees that work really well in a company. What type of traits do they have? They have to have a very strong work ethic. They have to have a high level of integrity to actually succeed. 
and really flourish. They have to be smart and creative. We work in an unregulated business and you really have to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. So I think the people that are most successful with us are people that are very creative, very gritty, that have a can-do attitude and a very strong work ethic. Mm -hmm. So give me an example of how you might work smarter, not necessarily harder. Well, I work really hard. So that's that there's a saying that I have that my mother gave me. It was from a Chinese Buddhist, but it really is for someone that loves to work, work and play are kind of synonymous. I enjoy working as much as I do joining a good friend like you for dinner in, in mm -hmm. many instances. There, not always. There's things about work that are hard and you're like, do I have to do this? But for the most part, I really enjoy it. But that's a and, great attitude, um, really great attitude to look at work as a place where you enjoy it. I do think that would change everyone's productivity if they went into work with that kind of mindset. Right, right. It's not like I feel like I'm ever punching a clock. A lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. There are aspects of things I don't want to do, but I'm very disciplined to get those things done. Mm -hmm. So do you have like a typical work day where you establish sort of helpful habits? How do you manage your time? I stay very focused on the things that are important. There's a woman that's worked with me for longer than the last decade. And I'm always asking her, Jeannie, is that going to buy you a cup of coffee? Because you can be busy, 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 but that doesn't mean that you're accomplishing anything. And I remember when I was very young in my 20s and I was on a sales call sitting in the lobby of a storage disc company, Seagate at the time. And there was another gentleman in the lobby, an older man, and we started talking. We were both waiting for our prospective customers to call us in for our meetings. And he said, look at all these people in this lobby. They're all so busy, 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 but you get... 80% of the work, 80% of the sales are going to come from less than 20% of the people. And that's very true. So I think you have to be very purposeful in what you do because we can all be very busy, but if it's not going to get a result, it doesn't really do anything. I think of that in all aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. No, it's interesting you say this. I mean, it's kind of related, but one time I met this really cool tribe from Zimbabwe and they were just playing African drums, and they were so cool. And I said to them, could you come to my house and teach my neighborhood how to African dance? And so they showed up, and everyone in the neighborhood came, and it was a really cool experience, and everyone had so much fun. And then they said to me, you know, it, what's so different about our country, and Americans have a scheduled every single few hours, we've got a new event to do, and we're busy, 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 and it's hard to enjoy and connect with people when you're just packing your time. And they said, like, tomorrow we have to play in Times Square. And I'm thinking, what are you doing at my house if you're going to play in Times Square the next day? But they really said that was the biggest difference they noticed about how Americans were just busy. <laughs> you have one of the most interesting backgrounds. I think it's because you're oh. so open to hearing people's stories and you're blessed with so many wonderful people and then learning their stories and then hearing them. Yeah, there are so many interesting stories out there and that's why you're on here. It's just so people can <laughs> learn from you because you're so humble about it. You wouldn't tell anyone these stories, but I think there are a lot of young people that will possibly do something that you've done and to know that you don't even have that dream of being this successful entrepreneur to become that is inspiring in itself. So thanks for sharing that. 
So what do you also look for when I think about you know, how busy your life is and how much you have on your plate? How do you recharge? I'm very blessed with a very, very high energy level. So I think I, I like to get a good night's sleep. So I don't really ever feel like I really need to recharge, which is interesting. And I'm noticing that as I'm around peer groups that are my age, I'm just very blessed with a very high energy level. Mm-hmm. Do you tell me what the best lesson you've learned was? Because I'm sure you've had a lot of ups and downs running a business. What was a great lesson you learned? I think one of the most important ones, you probably shouldn't work with family or friends. You can become very good friends with the people that you work with, but it's, it's not a smart thing to do. And I think as soon as something isn't working, it doesn't matter how much you've invested in it. Even if you're starting from scratch, you're going back to ground zero. Don't be afraid to make the change. Yeah, cut your losses. Throw, yeah, throwing good after bad. Don't, you know, try to fit the round peg in the square hole and recognize if it's not working. So how can you use your status as a young woman to succeed in the business world? Well, corporate America has a huge initiative for supplier diversity, and they count certified women-owned businesses. You would be certified most typically by WeBank. There's a second organization, but WeBank is the most widely accepted, that's W-B-E-N-C. To be certified by WeBank, you have to be 51% woman-owned, and the woman has to control all of the business decisions. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time because when they visit us to recertify us, because our company's too large, I don't write our own checks, I don't work with all the banks that's delegated. I almost am panicked that they're not going to certify me again because they're thinking that I'm not in full control of every aspect of our business, which I am, but there's responsibilities that are delegated. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so with that being a certified minority business, whether it's WeBank minority, LGBT or veteran, there was more than a trillion dollars spent with certified diverse suppliers last year. And if you Google, let's just say Walmart, you'll see that they spend billions of dollars annually with certified diverse suppliers. And one of my favorite stories I heard was about Maggie's salsa. Maggie was a woman that lived in Minneapolis. I don't know her, but she was basically homeless and she made salsa and entered into a cooking contest and she won and got picked up by Campbell's Soup. Mm-hmm. Campbell's Soup then ended up selling her product and it ended up somehow ultimately being purchased by Walmart. But those are the kind of success stories. And she got that visibility to corporate America through being a certified woman-owned business. Mm -hmm. Now, just because you're a certified woman-owned business, do not think that you're going to get business. Because if that were the case, everybody that's woman-owned, minority-owned, whatever your certification might be, would automatically be getting business. What it does is it's a platform that escalates your visibility to supply chain with a support group within the organization. There's regional conferences and then a national conference. So if you can't afford to go to the national conference, and we sponsor young women to go to the national conference, there's regional ones, and that's how you can start the affiliation and learn about how to be certified, how to leverage that certification to get visibility to corporate supply chain as a certified diverse supplier. Mm -hmm. 
Wow, that's great that they have all those support networks. And are you part of any clubs or groups for women-owned businesses that you can share ideas? I'm only certified by WeBank. I've never really worked on the forum. Again, this is where time is your most valuable asset. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have the skill set to bring on large volume as well as numerous customers. By example, our customer leasing company is just shy of a billion dollars. That's all been funded since 2010, since the company was restructured, all with companies that you would recognize the names of PepsiCo, Home Depot, et cetera. So because time is your most valuable commodity, I have not given my time to the WeBank organization. Instead, I'll, I'll sponsor young women to go to the conferences. My time is better spent working directly with a customer where someone that might not have my same skill set to bring on these investment grade corporate supporters of the diversity initiative, if they become part of the forum with WeBank, that's a, another way to meet the, not the decision makers, typically they would be more the advocate, the supplier diversity manager, but it always usually reports up into the C chain of the organizations. And so that's another way to get exposure where I've never done that. I also mm -hmm. joined the Women's President's Organization. They have quarterly getaways and an annual conference, but it's really more for, you know, women to go with their local chapter and spend a weekend together and, you know, share ideas and collaborate and mm -hmm. have you know, it gets support. I have not done the traveling with them because having four kids and working so much, I've, I've never felt like I wanted to spend a weekend away with other women, even though it probably would help my business. Now mm -hmm. I, I may pursue that because <laughs> my time, I, I want to- I just gave you an idea. My, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, probably, you know, now I just want to be, with, I wanted to be with my kids because I that's- know. That's you, always our yes. goal, right? <laughs> yes, that always trumps everything. And right. So, so who do you am admire in business and why? Who do I admire in business and why? Oh, I have to think about that for a second because of, I, I mean, I admire- all the leaders that are successful that lead by example. I find that women don't always help other women like they should. Some mm -hmm. of the women in leadership, which is unfortunate because women really should help other women. If Some they believed the, in karma, they would help other women because yes, it's so yes. true that when you lift someone else up, it's actually helping you more than them. And yet a lot of that, people think I can't get ahead if I'm lifting her up. And people get it, but... I know why we're friends. That's my favorite saying. I've told my kids my whole life, your real path to success, the more you help others and you can't do it with the intention of building yourself up, but you'll ultimately be the one that benefits. Right. And I get asked that question. That I've tried to state it in a myriad of different ways to be as eloquent as I can, but that is the message, helping others. And mm -hmm. you'll ultimately help yourself, but it really does make the world a better place. I think the people I admire are those that want to help others. And it doesn't matter whether it's your cleaning lady or whether it's some CEO of an organization. It's just helping one another. Mm -hmm. I always have loved Maya Angelou because she was someone that had so much heartache and negativity, and yet she was never bitter, and she rose above it and became this eloquent writer. I am impressed with Elon Musk simply because every time he sees a problem, he comes up with a solution. So he sees freedom oh, he, of speech as a problem. He <laughs> buys Twitter. He never stops. He is my favorite. I think he's incredible. I'm on the same page with you. There's a woman that I know that lives on Cape Cod. And if any of the listeners are on Cape Cod, we can make the introduction. Her husband is the CEO of a large 
Fortune 500, I believe. So she doesn't have to work a day in her life. She has an animal rescue farm, relentlessly works every day, seven days a week, rescuing horses, teaching autistic kids to ride the horses. And I love she, it. She's helping two oh, groups. Oh my God. It's, and all the animals that they rescue, like oh. those are the type of people, you know, or a typical one would be Mother Teresa. <laughs> right. it's, but it, but it, it's sad. I'm going to really have to reflect after this call because it was funny. I was on another podcast and I was asked what my favorite book was. And I read more emails. I don't read a lot of books. And now I can tell you <laughs> if you asked me that today, but I was like, uh, I was like, you know, tongue-tied to yeah. think about it. So I'm going to have to really think about what woman I admire most. But in Right. Of, well, they don't have to be yeah. some famous name. You're right. Like sometimes yeah. it can be someone down the street. But I, I've actually been to that that the woman you're speaking about, her fundraisers. And anyone that's doing anything good for animals is my hero because they me have too. no voice. And that's me too. They don't deserve I, I, any abuse and I, I'm a fierce animal lover, so I'm glad right. she found a way to do some good instead of just shopping. <laughs> and, and I admire women like you. You're making it your mission to help young women, and it's like they need it. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I and and I do a lot with animal welfare. In fact, our company won the Economic Impact Award, and that was amongst all the suppliers for Eaton Corporation. Mm -hmm. And and that was such a that award doesn't buy you a cup of coffee, but it tells about the culture of your company. And that's why that award was so, it was such an honor to get that this year. And it's, and my, I advocate in, and financially and with giving employees time to go work for animal welfare, because like you said, they don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. And work culture is so important. I think that people who get up on Monday morning and look forward to going to work, you know that company has a great work culture. How do you know mm -hmm. when your company has a positive work culture? What What are some of the signs? I, I think when, when people are happy and content and and they, they tell you too, they'll express it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that that's, it's, you know, that, that they're putting in the extra time that, you know, you can, it, I think you have to go more by gut, mm -hmm. you, you know, so if you weren't running this amazing company, what would you do? If you could do anything uh, else? I know, I'd be a... running another company. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a drug. <laughs> and, and working on animal welfare. You know what I did? Uh, when, when my kids were young, I thought they're never going to remember the 30 gifts they get for their birthday gifts. So... I said, what if we asked everyone that was coming to your birthday party to donate something for Buddy Dog, to take care of the dogs that didn't have anything? And then we would go, after a birthday party, we would go to Buddy Dog, and we would bring all the blankets and the treats and everything and give it to the dogs. And I always felt like that's what they remembered about their birthday. That's so nice. With those animals. And so, so nice. I throw it out there because... If more people could do that, I mean, all the toys break. You never remember what you got, and it seems like a waste of money to me. But That is so nice. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I did it more for me, I think. But yeah, anyway, that, That's a great idea. I also wanted to find out, why do people like working for you? I think people in general like working if you empower them. 
I, I, Great reason. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you retain employees for a long period of time if they don't, with the exception of the people that just want to punch a clock. But right. people with ta- people with talent are only going to work for a company if they feel like what they're doing is making a difference. Mm-hmm. And the biggest disaster I find in workplaces is people that micromanage. It yeah. gives no one any confidence and they always seem to want to yeah. get out. Yeah. Exactly. When you have something go wrong in your company, how do you show people how to approach those disappointments? Well, you just have to fix it. You have to acknowledge it. You have to be accountable. And then you have to correct it so it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. And you have to move on. Mistakes happen and they're going to happen. So don't dwell on those. Just So do you have anything else that you would want our audience to know that you think would be helpful? To- I think if any of your listeners are where I can be of help, if they're really interested in being an entrepreneur and getting into some form of account development, if they're motivated, they're interested in sales, which is just fun. It's not for everyone, but it's a really fun part of business for those that enjoy it. I would be happy to be a resource for anybody that's listening if I could be of help to them. Yeah, that is so nice. That's great. But when it comes to sales and hiring people, what make better salespeople? What traits? You think? I can tell you when someone's working with you or working with me, mm-hmm. if, if they have what it takes, but my initial read is not great. I think what makes people yeah. successful is if they're honest and mm-hmm. they can be trusted, right. and then they have to have the grit and the work ethic. Right. And they, they don't have to be the smartest, but they have to be smart enough. Right. It depends, and it also depends on what you're selling, how sophisticated it is. Like our particular market, it's very complex to learn. So mm-hmm. I'll talk to, to CFOs that can run circles around me in terms of talking about accounting and gap and all the different things with accounting terms mm-hmm. and but leasing isn't something that's taught at business school whether you went to harvard or whether you went to the best school in the country right and where more than 50 percent of all assets are leased or financed and it's an unregulated industry and one word can alter the whole economic landscape and mm-hmm. people will think like oh i'm leasing it and it's ten thousand dollars a month well, yeah, it's $10,000 a month till you go to return the asset and then you have to pay to ship it and then you have to pay to repair it and why it's being repaired, who's paying the rent and um, and what type of damages are acceptable and what type of wear and tear is acceptable. And the best of lawyers don't catch all of that. So it's a very complicated business in, ter- in terms of terms and conditions, but also in terms of financial structuring. Mm-hmm. If we're helping a customer, we don't do aircraft, but we're helping them remarket four of their jets. And probably we will provide them the financing on the four jets that they're acquiring. But because we know our industry, we're helping the CFO of a Fortune 200 understand the terms and conditions that he's negotiating with other with other suppliers. Mm-hmm. So Mary, thank you so much for your time today. And I'm sure our audience learned a lot about what you do and what they can do in the future. Is there any way they can reach you by email? Sure. My email is M-C-K-A-R-I-O-T-I-S at M-E-R-R-I-N-A-K dot com. And my Direct dial is 415-475-4111. And if you email me in the subject line, 
put Mary Kay, so I'll know, and be happy to help you or share resources we have within our company if they can help you, any of you listeners, for your pursuit in whatever career aspirations you might have. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, and I really appreciate your time, and good luck in all your continued success. Thank you, Mary Kay. Find a really comfortable place. Let your body sink into the floor. And then shift and move a little to let your body settle in deeper and deeper. And be so comforted at this time. Everything is okay. And nothing else matters right now. So take a deep breath in, inhaling for one, two, three, four, five. Hold the breath. Now exhale for six, five, four, three, two, one. Inhale for five. Count to yourself. Exhale for six. Everything is okay. Know where you need to go. Nothing to do. Here you are to simply feel your body and listen. And even if you feel agitated, just see if you can focus on breathing, inhaling for five, exhaling for six. Just let it flow in and out naturally. There's no way to do this wrong. Just a short meditation to get you in the right mindset so that you can believe in yourself, accomplish all you need to do, and just bask in the stillness. You're in a safe, protected space, a held space. Start to relax the muscles in your face, your brow, unclench your teeth, relax your jaw. Come into the stillness now. Allow your bones to become heavy so your feet become heavy. Sink into the earth. Just feel that sinking motion like you're in quicksand. Deep inside your heart's longing. What does your heart want? See if you can listen to the answer. And tell yourself, I flow through life with ease and peace. I am relaxed. I flow through life with ease and peace. I am so relaxed. Did you hear what your heart wanted? If so, set an intention and just state your intention three times so you can manifest this dream you have. Relax your neck and shoulders. Just start to scan your body, your arms. Feel the sensation 
and your mouth, your jaw, upper lip, lower lip. Your rib cage rises and falls with the breath. Hips relax, legs feel loose and heavy. Just feel this radiant vibration throughout your body. As you inhale, this fresh wave of clean air flows upward through your whole body. Just feel the light and the calm energy going through every cell. And then exhaling back down, flowing in and out through your body. Just open up to receiving the deep cleansing breath. If the mind wanders, just refocus your breath. Inhaling for five, exhaling for six, and open up to receive all the positive energy you can. Consciously relax the muscles, the shoulders, allowing the entire body to relax. What is it your heart longs for? What do you want to manifest? Health, love, prosperity. Ask yourself. Listen to your intuition. You will hear your heart speak. Now begin to notice your breath, your natural breath as it flows through you. Feel the in-breath. Note the out-breath. Imagine that wave passing downward through your body, carrying away the tensions, worry, letting it leave the body. As you inhale, fresh wave flows upward through your body, carrying away tension. Exhale, releasing. Be sure to subscribe to Mary Kay's Positivity Podcast, and I hope you'll join us again soon. Namaste.